0: Holy Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 21. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, "Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this: The Lord needs them." and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. For this past month, my family has thought my dad had blood cancer. Due to some abnormal kidney function tests this past winter, his doctor ordered an extensive series of screens and biopsies. This past Wednesday, I went with him to the clinic to meet with the doctor in order to receive his diagnosis. Although the doctor had braced us for the diagnosis of multiple myeloma, we instead received the shocking good news that it was, in fact, a very slow moving precancer that requires no treatment, only monitoring. Instead of starting chemotherapy and radiation right when COVID-19 is expected to peak in Iowa, my dad received instructions to stay home, rest, and come back every three months for a checkup. I was sharing before worship that that doctor let us stay in the room as long as we wanted to process this good news, um, but asked forgiveness for him to leave as he said that the rooms in the clinic were filled with other families that were not receiving such good news. And I thought of the extremity of that day for him and for us, that he was the bearer of good news for some, news of life, and bad news for others, news of death. At a time when news seems most dismal, it was shocking how unprepared I was for the relief and joy that good news brings. Good news lately seems few and far between. On Wednesday, in that tiny room in the oncology unit, within a span of five minutes, we went from total fear to absolute joy. Such extreme swings in human emotion. There are so many extreme things happening right now. The triumph, imagine if you can, of qualifying for the Olympic Games, and the frustration over their postponement. The victory of being a Wimbledon contender, and the devastation in seeing this match canceled for the first time since World War II in 1945. For some of my students who are graduating, the joy of getting a job, and the anxiety when it is put on hold to see if that job even exists in a month or two. The excitement of a flourishing economy, and the panic in sudden widespread unemployment and plummeting markets. The exhilaration of a new relationship and the heartbreak of being separated from your beloved. The security of structures and systems and the alarm when they all fall apart. These are extreme times for the world. I did a wedding two weeks ago right here in this very chancel area. Some of you might remember Ellie Prush. He's a member of Gloria Day. He's also attended LCM in the past. He married a law student from China. It was a private, obviously, very beautiful wedding. Because Ellie's mother is Jewish, at the end of the ceremony, he broke the glass with his foot. An ancient Jewish custom to remember that even in the midst of joy, there is tragedy. Wedding photos taken with bride and groom wearing blue protective gloves archiving this most bizarre time in human history the ceremony called to mind extreme times that also arise in human relationships tragedy and joy sickness and health life and death marriage vows sound somehow different in the midst of a global pandemic In our reading from Matthew, Jerusalem in general and the disciples in particular are also caught up in the confusion between extreme swings in events. One day, the crowd hails Jesus as Son of David and shouts Hosanna at him as he passes their way. And they wave palm branches at him and throw their cloaks down on the road before him as he moves through the jubilant crowd. A few short days later, however, the crowd instead will shout, Crucify him! This is not our king. Caesar's our king. One day, the disciples promise to be with Jesus till the bitter end, pledging their loyalty and their love. The next day, they desert him in the garden, even as he begs God to spare his life. They betray him into the hands of their enemies they deny ever Having even known him, they scatter from the foot of the cross where Jesus hangs dying, with only his mother and a few of her friends looking on from a distance. A majestic procession becomes a witch hunt. Best friends become traitors. A mother watches helplessly as her only son dies. Such extreme swings in this passion story. This is the most extreme week in the church year. We swing from Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem to his execution. We swing from a sacred last meal with friends to betrayal of the worst sort. We swing from a savior surrounded by crowds and disciples to a man dying alone, crying for his father to save him. In some strange way, with our most bizarre world right now, we might be more prepared for Holy Week than ever before. Perhaps we will resonate even more strongly with the journey this week, which begins with palms and goes to nails and ends with an empty tomb. Humanity has always existed in the extreme swings of life, life and death, love and heartbreak, war and peace, victory and defeat, construction and destruction, a baby is born, on the floor above, a grandfather dies. We live in a time where hope and hopelessness fluctuate, not daily, but by the minute. We live in a time where our choices to go to the grocery store or to the pharmacy are heavily laden with moral gravitas, daily decisions are weighted with life and death consequences. As a planet, we've never before had to consider whether this decision to go to the store will bring illness or possibly death to another person, myself or my family. Anxiety and isolation run rampant, and we are restricted from human hugs and affection that usually comfort and console. This will one day end. For now, these are days of extreme confusion and fear the normalcy of daily life juxtaposed with the altogether abnormal life that we all now live. And yet, strangely and beautifully, these things have their place in the Easter story. A week from now, Mary will come looking for the body of Jesus and will instead find an empty tomb. She will stand weeping outside the tomb, afraid and confused, and seconds later she will turn to see the resurrected Jesus and she will fall at his feet and cry out, my Lord and my God. A week from now, Mary's heart will make the extreme leap from fear to joy. Her mind will make the extreme leap from confusion to clarity. Her eyes will make the extreme transition from extreme blindness to crystal clear vision of her Lord, of her love, of her future. It is the most extreme leap between hopelessness and hope. But it will come. Palm Sunday is an extreme contrast between what we see and what we know. In our gospel and in our world, we see human fickleness and fear, confusion and despair. We see this most odd king ride into Jerusalem on a donkey instead of a chariot. We see this king take a crown of thorns instead of a crown of jewels, and yet we know that he is, in fact, king of all kings. This unexpected king does not cause the disease and pain that we see all around, but holds us as these things take place and offers hope and life and healing. This king is Lamb of God, who is beginning and end. Right now, in the church and in the world, we stand in the scary precipice between hopelessness and hope. Hope will come, and with it, healing and life. Today, hope comes riding into Jerusalem and into the world on a donkey. The extreme disparity between what kings usually look like and what our king looks like gives us hope, in that our king journeys with us through pain and fear, and isolation and death. Our king cries, and leads with us. Our King bears eternal scars as reminders of his human existence. We will emerge from this time scarred, all of us, and yet full of new hope and new life. Amen.